Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Praise be Jesus Christ. Welcome to the podcast. This is Father Mike. Judge Borgia. Daniel Usterman says Strange that. Strange Borgia. Uh-oh, I lost our headphones. What? Can you hear it? Oh, you lost your side. I lost my headphones. There we go. I, uh, he's better. got his toes. I see what he's doing. He's he's cutting my cords down there. Oh uh, yeah, the old squeeze. You know you, when you squeeze the uh, the hose. Yeah. <laughs> so that it doesn't it doesn't spray anymore. Does that work with these electric cords? You know, all, all of us companions grew up with brothers, and I figured out when you're sitting behind the driver, you can clip his with your toes. You can grab the uh, seatbelt and just pull it. Oh, <laughs> just oh subtly. no! And so for like two oh. hours, Usterman's like. Seatbelt thing is busted. And I just kept oh, <laughs> you are cruel. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, how'd you learn <laughs> that? Your mom or dad must have been. I know. You, I think it was in terror. high school. I think yeah. So, hey, well, welcome to the podcast, Father John and Father Mike in Rome. In Rome. Cheers. This is a last man. This is a last. This is a. This is a kind of a. Uh, what do they call it? Bittersweet. It is. Yeah. What is? Uh, it was a George Washington said. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Mm. Very. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really it is. is. Uh, it's sad. So those of you who have been listening know Mike, Father Mike's got you updated on his life and going to continue the doctoral work from Denver, which means I'm losing my playmate and cribbage partner oh, and man. world traveler and adventurer. Well, we've had a great time, We've Johnny. had a great time. I have bequeathed him, officially bequeathed him, my orange ice bucket yes. for future bourbon. and um, And I have a sign that says it's kind of prophetic in the spring you wrote on your desk rap remains and it was all the books left over yeah and now i kept that sign and rap remains so it's like who, who was telling geist. me yeah it was kind of like a kind of an ironic thing because it could mean the remains of rap <laughs> <laughs> like two books uh, and a shadow or something or it could be like, "Don't touch my stuff," because I'm coming back. Rap remains. Yeah. That's what I intended it to I mean. I like that. Threat. Actually, the young I think guys in the here. end. Yeah. Exactly. Rap yeah. Remains. Yeah. Okay. So you know what happens though? It's like come, rap remains, or I come rap back. Remains. And even though it says rap remains, like uh, this is my spot. Father Simon Carrion of the Diocese of Santa Fe has replaced all my stuff with his own. Oh, yeah, yeah. He moved me out quick. It was shocking. It was like you go on vacation, you come back, and the neighbors have changed. It was like, whoa, yeah. the guy I've been staring at for the last three years in the rear books room is now replaced. Well, Father Simon Carrion is my old buddy, but we were kind of like uh, frenemies. Yeah. You know, like who's going to control the temperature in the rear books room? Who's going to... Yeah, yeah, the Rare Books Room, this is our little community of seven. There's seven desks in there, and uh, it's uh, constantly evolving. But we've had a lot of kind of wild characters in the past. James Platania. Is he back in the Rare? No, he's not in the Rare. Um, uh, Cameron Forbes, you know, guys who were just kind of nutty. Oh, yeah. And who are characters. And Chris Gray. Now it's very serious. we got to be very Chris Gray. But Chris Gray worked from like 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. He worked every day. hard. It was crazy. Yeah, that's Simon Carey. You'll hours. see. He's he's just a, a model of discipline. Yeah. Well, you are too. So I, I don't know. It's just going to be intense again. Stop it some more. Go ahead. No. Uh, I think it's going to be a sad uh, year for me not having you though. And uh, but it's hard to believe we've been podcasting in Rome for three years. Is that right? Yeah. Three years ago, we brought Olaf over. I left. Global was still at Cabrini. He hadn't yeah. even come to Joan of Arc yet. I remember, yeah, it was all um, set up over there. And uh, I, I just like, I'm like, man, 
It's just crazy how fast life's going. We've been doing wow. this for three years, and now you're heading back. And so the plan will be all kind of drop in and out. People are like sending us a lot of technology stuff. Like you got to Skype in, and I'm just like, I just don't know if that's our style. I know. You got to be face to face. You got to be face to face. There's an energy to it. Yeah. You know? I, so I asked these and guys, I'm can so I bring... terrible on the phone. Yeah. Have you heard me on the phone? <laughs> I don't think I've ever talked to you on the phone. I'm so awkward. Even when I leave a message, I'm like, yeah. um, <laughs> if I left you a message, it would be, um, yes, sir, uh, this is your friend, uh, Mike. I, I think I will reserve yes for dinner tonight. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all pretty awkward on the phone, except for Global, who loves to talk on the phone. I know. He's a good he's phone guy. He's the only guy I know. Who's phone? Who's a phone guy? Yeah, there's phone guys left. Like he likes to talk, like just to talk. Like yeah. you call him, you don't have to call him for a reason. You just call him, and talk. Yeah, it's crazy. And he'll talk on the phone. No, no. Do you no, know no. any other guy like that though? Certainly not in the companions. We can't get guys to return text messages to each other. I know. I don't. I think these people still exist, but they're out there. Yeah. Not this guy right it's here. A different generation. Some of our friends are like of different generations. I think Goebbels like 1950s kind of. Okay. Like phone and cooking and kind of all this different stuff. And Gilba, who we traveled with, uh, is 1930s. I was like gonna he's, say, yeah, he's, he's living. Earlier. He's living in the depression right now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like today, I got my hair cut, and he was one day on the road telling us all about. He was calculating how much money he spent by cutting his own hair over the last seven years. Yeah. He worked it out to be like he'll do he'll do these calculations of uh, gas mileage, yeah, and emissions, yeah. and tell you like long term in the next thirty years, I'm going to save five dollars and eighty four cents. <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah, and then he tells you these stories like, yeah, I bought a car for twenty eight twenty eight bucks, and uh, you know, put a hundred bucks into it, sold it to a Japanese student at Carroll College for like eight grand. He sold it back to me for. A thousand. I sold this another one. It was just like this guy is just. Yeah, oh yeah, he knows how to he knows how to get by. So, what was the what was the question you asked? Do you rinse your um, sandwich bags or something? What was? Oh it? yeah, I asked. Do you clean your? Um, yeah, your Ziploc bags. Ziploc. Bags. My grandmother would reuse Ziploc bags and uh, tin foil. Yeah. Clean the tin foil and save it. See, these are the OG right. Laudato Sea people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were environmentalists before environmentalism That's was right. a thing. Before it was a thing. It was called survival. So, yeah, so uh, we had a great time with the Gilba, and we've been back. Um, Andrea Polito and company making a retreat, and it's just been great to be back. We had nice ordination, Tom Shear from Denver, now Deacon Tom Shear. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah, we're having, he was the last Denver guys to get ordained from St. Francis Cabrini Parish were. Larkin and myself, eight, it would be eight years ago next May. So Tom's going to be the next. Wait a minute. I don't think we count that. What are you talking about? Well, I'm just trying to think of St. Thomas More. And now you're making me feel. I'm just saying. It's well, nice to okay. have another. We, we have, nice had, another guy. We have had Ronnie and but, Pat <laughs> Reedy. We've had some others, but they're religious. Pat Reedy, isn't it? He got ordained? Well, it's a different Pat Reedy than you know. Oh, okay. This one is Holy Cross. He's at Notre Dame. What's up, Pat Reedy? So. Father Pat. You know, I got nothing against St. Thomas More. And what's her name? That little assistant to... Mila? Mila. She would put... Yeah. No, she's gone. If you received communion she at St. Thomas More one time, your your face is up on that wall, on the vocation That's wall. That's true. Well, that keeps going on. Yeah. So, I, I... Anyways, just, you know, Tom Shear doing his first Mass at Cabrini next May. Very excited about oh, that. He's yeah. now Deacon Tom Shear. So, so, yeah. So, Mikey Boy's here packing up, trying to dish his guitar on the girls back to in the airplane... Flying through six different continents. Now, people don't I know. Think. I don't want to ruin the old trick, but if you fly internationally with instruments, they will stow them free of charge. 
It's not a check bag. It's not a carry-on. Right. They'll put it in the locker for the suits. Right. And you don't have to pay for it. And it's very easy, even though Father John and these women <laughs> do not think it's possible. I just thought and think a, it's a huge a inconvenience. A little skifo would be like, "I'm flying discount air. You're Gilba. You're Gilba on them. That's what you're doing." I'm gonna I'm gonna save five hundred bucks flying, but no, I need you to I take all to my, my gear. I had to get my ticket fairly last minute. Plus, I wanted to stop over in a couple of places <laughs> that I'd never been. So I got a long layover in Brussels, right. a long layover in Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Well, it's going to be a good trip. We'll see what happens to that guitar. But uh, and it's thirty three hours of traveling. Thirty three hours. Mine yeah. is. As long as you don't store it in the companion's house when it gets home, that guitar might disappear. So. Yeah, a story this, for another time. This guitar has disappeared. It's come back to me, though. Well, I have a gift. And I'm holding on to it. I have a gift for you, my friend. Uh, first off, uh, a special thanks to Father Jacob Strand from Kewaskum, Wisconsin. I don't know if anybody listens from Kewaskum, but if you do, you got a great new pastor. Oh, he's awesome. He looks like he's 22, but he's actually And a congratulations 24. to him. He just defended a doctoral dissertation. He just defended a doctoral dissertation, right? And uh, I'm in his room now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. most of this stuff are. is his. The what is this Chinese? This kind of divider yeah, piece. You got a Japanese We're divider. His booze. We got a basketball hoop right there. Uh, He's got pull a, up bar that an I probably old won't singer, use. Uh, and then the singer sewing machine. Right. An antique. Right. Very hipster. Which is funny. I, I think it's a matter of time before Father John gets rid of this, this stuff. But. Uh, I'm keeping it. It's the strand remains. I got the yeah. wrap remains and the strand remains. So, you give me an ice bucket. He gives me a singer. What do you call this thing? Sewing machine. Sewing machine, yeah. Now, so. if you can figure out how to use that thing, I will be impressed. Yeah, right. I'll come back and be... Make me some socks or something, right. dude. Well, I got a little gift for you, a little parting gift. All right. It's called a quiz show. We lift to you the parting glass. That's it, as much as I know of the song. It is... Uh, it's a quiz show, but it's a different oh, kind of quiz show. Oh, quiz show, quiz show. So... Well, this is a great gift. Yeah. You know how I love quiz show. You love quiz shows. The uh, Although I lost the last one that uh, I played. This is called, I'm going to throw words at you, and you just tell me, define them, and if you don't know what they are, then uh, you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, boy. And here's my theory. This is like Rorschach? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm so, a little bit nervous so about this. So this isn't just a quiz show to humiliate, which is what typically quiz show. This is a, uh, one to evaluate. Because I've been reading this book, Mike. Oh, boy. And I have this new theory about you. About me? Do you know this book? It's called Lauros by Eugene Vodolatskin. No, I've seen it sitting around. And this I'm is a recommendation of the one Father Nick Blaha, Goebbels man crush of the century. And it's about holy fools in medieval Russia. And my theory is that you're actually a holy fool who has to f- conform into society. Who should or yeah. people think you're normal, but sometimes crazy. My hypothesis is that you're actually crazy, crazy. and sometimes pretending to be normal. Okay. What do you think about? Well, that? I'm not. I am not opposed to being a holy fool as long as I get the holy part. Okay. And uh, what do what did we call them? You remember um, Catherine Doherty has a a name for them. Uh, what does she call them? Oh, there's a title of a book with the Russian word for the holy fool. I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me. Yep. This says, um, Laurus is a masterpiece, says Huffington Post. It says, Remarkable Russia's Answer to the Name of the Rose, Atticus Lee. Do you know the name of the rose? I don't know. Yeah, that. that's, um, what is it, Umberto Eco? Oh, okay. That's a big philosophical and, um, I don't know, like it's just one of these important contemporary novels. All right, Holy Fool rap. 
if I say the words, these let's begin with our first evaluation question. So this is like show. this is a psychological examination. <laughs> I did not know that I was in for this. <laughs> Tell what does Gobel say? Tell me about the monkeys in your dreams. Uh, these monkeys in your dreams. Okay, so uh, quiz show question number one: What is a draped cowl cardigan? Draped cowl cardigan. It's a sweater. Okay. And it's a sweater with one pocket. Draped cowl. 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 C O W L. It's got a hood. Okay. And a str- a tie string. Okay. Very good. Uh, what about a long camisole? Long camisole is a um, it's a vegetable that's grown in South America and it um, I, the long one so there's like the smaller bananas uh-huh. and then there's a big one they call platano platano this one is like a zucchini but it's like the, lo- the bigger one not the little one okay and uh, I'll just give you one more and then we'll call it gaucho pant oh yeah the gaucho the old gaucho you know that's the one. That's the one that the kids wear, where it's uh, denim with the rips in them, but they're built in, you know. Mm. And then it has, um, it's, you know, the the belt has like uh, ho- hoisters, holsters for okay. your pistols. Okay, <laughs> nice. Gaucho. Well, that was great. You uh, passed. You are officially a holy fool, and uh, actually know a fairly good. Are amount. these all vestments, like liturgical vestments? These like- are all things, my friend, that you can find at kateandgrace.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an online boutique I've heard of. This is an online boutique that my sister started in the spring. And I thought, this will be funny. I'm going to look at all these things. Brushed wrap top. I don't know what the hell that is. Oh, that sounds like my name. Front tie. I think you'd look nice in a front tie jumpsuit. Front tie jumpsuit. Um, Is it one piece or two? I think a jumpsuit is one piece. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, like black bell sleeves on clerical shirts? Maybe that's uh, something we could look black at for Black bell you. sleeves. Yeah, that, that that sounds like the bell bottoms. Right. Are there ruffles or is it just... You know, I'm not sure. Is it straight cuff? I was... This was actually very awkward. I'm in the uh, Opus Day run library at my university and... Looking everybody's, through the BT. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> totally weird. I'm the weird dude because everybody faces the same direction. So, I'm sure there's like six guys in suits behind me. Like evaluate, like talk about evaluation. Now, do you think they would? They're be- all writing their dissertations, and I'm looking at a woman's boutique. Are and they all guessing these hot that chicks. you're 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 buying clothes for yourself or for a girlfriend or? Maybe I'm just lonely. They're probably thinking you're just a shopper. You're into fashion. Yeah. So, anyways, a lot was, of Italian dudes are into fashion. So you know what uh, nepotism is, right? Yeah. So today's podcast nepotism? is nepotism. This is uh, my shameless. I know this shameless is kind of a plug. Plug shout out endorsement for my sister, Katie Neppel Lynch, who started the boutique called Kate and Grace. But there's a reason why I'm talking about it. I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to explain, man. It's not just, I think it's a great thing. Not just to uh, suggest draped cowl cardigans are in and gaucho pants apparently are in. Are they? Um, so the gauchos? Gaucho pants. Those are all things that are on the website Do they right come now. with pistols? I think pistols you gotta buy separately. Oh. But maybe the holsters come, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, uh, um, you remember and, uh, and a, su- a special loop for your lanyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the heck, Katie? Start selling yeah, lanyards. What is the lanyard thing? You start selling you remember, lanyards, hey, and the remember, companions will be down. Do you those remember were, in maybe in the late '90s or something where those <laughs> those gangsta jeans, like the the big fat? Are you jeans, talking about Jinkos? They had a chain for your wallet. Yeah. 
You remember you the wallet chains? I never got to wear Jinkos. No, I never wore Jankos. George, every I remember one year on my hockey team, every kid had Jankos except for me, and I was like, I am such a loser. And now I look back and I'm like, thank God my parents did Jankos not let me ever wear Jankos. So wide, man, you cannot get wider than Jankos. <laughs> if you're under the age of thirty, we're talking about a uh, I don't know, maybe a twenty four month phenomenon in the mid nineties called Janko jeans, which were absurdly huge. And the only person I know who still wears them occasionally is father Peter Musset. Oh really? He's still got a pair of those like just monster. Dude's monster cool, man. Jeans. They're retro. I bet they're back. Yeah. He's got them and he's got these crazy dwarf boots that he wears with them. That's pretty wild. So anyways, these are, you will not find, I Jan- bet they're gaucho, you will not boots. find gaucho boots. You won't find Jankos on Kate and Grace. But one of the reasons I'm proud of my sister for this is because, uh, her dream was to start a boutique, uh, online and uh, but she her passion came with the charity side of it. So she is partnered with Sunit Seleski, who works for oh, really our friend. I didn't know they were partners. Um, uh, back in, in so Catholic Charities has a, a whole division called Marisol Health, which is all about uh, helping women, especially women who are um, kind of abortion minded and uh, in in a difficult place, but especially low income women. And so Katie, I, we were in Switzerland actually about a year and a half ago. Jordan and Katie were visiting, and she pitched this idea to us. And I was like, dang, that's a pretty good idea. Um, and it was like, I want to help dignify women who are struggling, low-income, these things, uh, with great clothing that they could never afford. Um, yeah. And so the whole boutique is really about great fashion in these things, uh, which apparently the Mormons are like great at this stuff, modest, great, fashionable stuff. Oh, really? Katie's like, we need to be no, doing this I as wouldn't Catholics. have known it. I know. Um, I'll tell you what, though. She, out uh, near so, Craig? But she gives... Out near Craig, there ain't no Mormon fashion shows. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, I love them, fine, whatever. Uh, I'm glad that they're into it in Salt right. Lake or whatever, but they were, were still wearing denim and smocks and stuff. Right, they were still wearing... I don't know. Maybe that's from fashion. Who knows? They didn't have gaucho pants, right? Yeah, they were losers aren't wearing uh, gaucho pants? I know. They were just a little behind the times. That's, that's right. All. So uh, she starts this with a charitable intention in, in mind, and that's why she calls it Kate and Grace. Kate is named after Katie, and Grace is uh, the gratuitousness of God's love. I love it. Which is being expressed in this gift. So what she does is with every season, she buys this stuff, and then a certain amount of the proceeds and everything go towards um, right to Marisol Clinics and for the women right there, and uh, it's a great... Uh, That's It's an awesome man. thing, so I'm really proud of her. Clothe uh, the world, we'll, we'll come back to the circle back to Wait this Wait a minute. At the end, can I make a crass yes. um, analogy? Yes. It's um, that she is the Kanye West <laughs> of the Catholic world. You remember when Kanye was hitting the wall, he was going crazy? Yeah. He starts showing up on talk shows, talking about how the man is holding him down because he's the genius of all geniuses. Right. He is the reincarnation of Jesus. Right. And his genius is to make awesome shoes <laughs> that are not super expensive like they are in the fashion world, but you could sell them at Payless. So he's trying to partner with Payless to design kick ass. Kick, <laughs> kicking shoes. Kicking shoes for for the average for kickball American, right? right. The um, so I think Katie might be the Kanye West of the Catholic right. world. So everything except for the rapping, the bipolar, the divorce, the total collapse, the egotism, and yeah. Payless. They have everything in common. Well, they're both geniuses. For that, and okay. they're clothing geniuses. I like that. Okay, nice. All right. Yeah, Katie, I know you're stable, and I love you. I think you're awesome. So I think... Uh, and better, I think Kanye's awesome. So this actually has a topic, um, and that was kind of part of it, so that was not 17 minutes of banter for those of you who are 
haters. No, no, uh, no, no. This is the creative genius that every Catholic is invited into. How are right. you going to serve? Right. Use your talents. And this kid is a good designer and dresser and saw an opportunity to serve poor people. Right. I think that's a very, very Catholic. That's, a, that's Catholic stuff you should know. That's Catholic stuff you should know. And uh, one of the things that I um, was struck by was talking to Austin Litke and uh, um, the crew this last week. We were traveling a little bit. And he was talking about, he had this, put this idea in my head, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's like, in the church, it's this whole battle for like ministry. Everybody wants to have a ministry, right? Because mm. the priest gets to do everything, and there's kind of this whole dialectic around like power, and we got to share work. And so, we, you got to let us distribute communion, or I'm sick of being a hospitality minister because nobody actually knows what that does. And it's just everybody has a ministry, and it gets kind of ridiculous. And, in yeah, uh, an, what, in many uh, like, suburban parishes. What did you sign up to do at church? Right, right, right. You know? So what he was saying was, uh, we need to get away from this language of ministry, which is totally ad intra in the church, especially around the liturgy, and quit fighting over that and get back to the language of apostolate. Okay. Apostolate. Uh, the difference being... Hold on one second. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm, well, I'm, I'm just going to guess here. The difference being something of of personal discernment with God, prayerful discernment about who am I and how do I offer my gifts uh, for the sake of exactly evangelization, for the sake of spreading the good news of Christ, not just service to the parish. Although I do think that's very important, and I don't want to I don't want to suggest that everybody who's serving the parish is sort of no. copping out from doing something great in the world or something. No, uh, and that's not what we're saying. Uh, we need people serving in the parish, and we need people in ministries in the parish, but the language of apostolate is much broader, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's a better category to say Catholics, uh, every Catholic is obliged to an apostolate, and that might not be in the church. And so I think that my sister... Uh, instead of like getting peer pressured into like, you got to be uh, a reader, you know, on Sundays. Like, she's not going to be a reader. She's got three boys under four who are just going nuts, right? Or it's like, you so got to do something. Different. But she found in her passion and her desires and her interest a way of um, serving in the church, uh, in the world, and um, I think bringing Christian values into and sanctifying the temporal realm, which is what the label, one practice in the second well, that means. Uh, but basically, she found a way of bringing her passion into a deeper service. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier on. Are you going to distinguish this between vocation? Because, right. I mean, I, like her, her, her life mission is somehow to uh, her children, her family, her husband, you know, be a part of this family. And then... There's more, you know, that doesn't have to end there. Right. 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 So the apostolate, like, what are you sent to do? I guess, I mean, my worry would be people think, oh, I have to compromise my state in life. You know, the um, Francis de Sales introduction to the devout life is all about know where your, what your vocation is, what's your state in life, and then do that well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think she's, she's got that, like, Figure it out. So if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed by your vocation itself, figure that out and do that well, and then start discerning a possible. Maybe right, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I know. I think right on. So they're not. Uh, they're not. It's them. not in contradiction with the vocation. Yeah. So today we're just going to introduce the concept of apostolate, 
and propose it to people. Um, have you ever read the decree on the apostolate of the lady, which is called Apostolicum Actuositatem? I have actually taught to <laughs> not. not. I didn't either until about five hours ago. Uh, so right at the end of the Second Vatican Council in 1965, um, Pope Paul VI promulgates this decree that the Council Fathers put together. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to stress again the importance of the uh, apostolate of the, lay, of the lay state. So if you think of like what does lay mean, uh, the Christian faithful is everybody, right? Yeah. But then you have three states of life, uh, lay state, priestly state, and uh, religious state, right? And so the lay state is those in the world, the normative life expression of that is marriage, uh, priestly state, obviously, and then religious state. Um, and all three of those uh, are the Christian faithful, right? Yeah. Can and I say so the body of Christ? The body of Christ. And so we're talking about what is the, what does apostolate look like for the lay state, right? Those people who are in the world, yeah. That's the question. And and too all too often I think this is probably part of the response of the Second Vatican Council and the this letter all too often people think of the religious and the clerical state as having some sort of mission from God being right. apostles, being apostolic, being sent, having an apostolate. Um but this is saying every Christian is Absolutely. called to something. Not only is it saying that, it's saying uh because of the secularization and the autonomy of so many aspects of human life, all the more do we need to emphasize and focus on the the way that the particular way that lay people live out the apostolate. So we're trying to get away from father does everything at the parish or the religious do everything at the school. I pay my tithe on Sunday, go to mass, and try not to yeah, sin too much and, and follow the rules. Right, yeah. and it's like no, you got to get get in the game. Et yeah, EA Sports. EA right. Sports, dude. Get in the game or whatever that is. You're right? the leaders. Get on the field. Get on the field, right? So um, the purpose of... I'll give you a couple introductory things and then we'll just... Uh, a couple of highlights because papal documents are pretty boring. That's why I read them and uh, hopefully tell you about them. And I got the Holy Fool wrap here to spice it up for me. So uh, Apostolicum Axuotistatum starts... Uh, the purpose of this letter is to intensify apostolic activity in the people of God. So everybody, we want to get more apostolic. Intensify. Like, let's get in the game, right? Yeah. Modern conditions demand that the, the apostolate needs to be broadened and intensified. So basically what happened, what the Second Vatican Council was responding to was the fact that for the last several centuries, the world is being secularized. It's moving beyond Christendom. It's moving beyond the, the Christian order. And it's defining itself as not Christian, which means that there's this new mission, this new evangelization, this new energy that needs to go into um, reforming Christian people who might have even been received in it. And that's what this apostolic work is about. We have to kind of re-engage the world now because the world has basically said, peace, we're out of here. We're not interested in in what the church has to say anymore. And so the apostolate becomes imperative because of this autonomy, the secularization. And the council uh, laid out this document to say, basically, we want to describe the nature, the character, the diversity of the lay apostolate some basic principles and pastoral directives. We don't have time for all that, but we'll kind of touch on a couple of the high points. But that's a that's the basic um, raison d'etre, as Father Ooh. Kurt Dwyer once said. Raison d'etre. Raison uh, d'etre. Yeah. <laughs> that means that, that... What was that dessert where you had the raisins on the celery? Oh, shit. Oh, ants uh, on a log. Ants on a log. It means ants on a log. Ants on a log. It's nice, right? You eat that in your gaucho pants. Raison d'etre. 
No, the the purpose for its existence. Right, that's right. Raison d'etre. Okay, so uh, the vocation of the laity to the apostolate is the first part of this uh, document. So, uh, like you were saying, the lay people, being in the lay state is a vocation that it begins in baptism, and it's focused towards the 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 world and towards the evangelization of the world. Um, and it, the normative expression of it is married life, uh, though it's not just marriage, right? That would just be the kind of the, the most general form of the lay state. So most of the people who are listening to this yeah, are this lay people the, are, are This married, is the natural vocation. You know? Right. The so natural cons- vocation, the, the majority of people are going to be called to... Right, so you don't have consecrated... You have consecrated... To marriage. You have people still in preparing for their uh, vocation. Uh, so... Okay, so a couple of kind of quick things here that will not be terribly surprising to you. All activity of the mystical body directed to the attainment of this goal, salvation in Christ, is called apostolate. So we get our first definition, which is super broad and not particularly helpful. Apostolate is all activity of the mystical body directed towards the attainment of the one goal, salvation in Christ. Okay. Okay, so what is apostolate? Everything. Everything that we do as Christians. Everything. Every That's breath you take. Every move you make. I don't <laughs> know the rest of it. Okay. But then we're getting into the specifics of the laity. What what is the what does the lay person have to do and how do they exercise it? Well, the document says Christian vocation by its very nature is a vocation of the apostolate. Okay, that makes sense. But um, what they're trying to stress is the lay people can't be passive anymore. You gotta get in the game. EA sports, right? No part of the structure of the living body is merely passive, but has a share in the functions as well as the life of the body. So if you're part of the body of Christ, you're supposed to be living out the functions of the body of Christ, which is this mission to sanctify and perfect the temporal realm. That's, that's the particular way uh, that we have to live it. So you've got to get in the game. And, uh, Does it go into what, for it. what passive looks like? I mean, you don't want to be judgmental, so it's hard to really specify how people are too passive. But maybe this is like, you know, a, an area for self kind of evaluation and reflection. Yeah. That's but a, yeah. I, I, th- I think you can sort of fall back on, well, I, I go to church and I um, go to confession occasionally. I tithe, like you said. Well, even people don't tithe. They don't see that as part of their mission. But um, it's all about me. Like, what am I getting out of it? And I'm hoping to survive... To, until I die and go to heaven. Right. You know, this is it. This is bottom line. You don't see your life as a mission. You don't see your l- life as engaged with God and hearing his call. Um, there's, yeah, the active is kind of pulled out of it, except if you're trying to, like, hedge your bet and win your sal- salvation or something like that. Is there's that a, the passive? Yeah, I think so. There's a great story that reminds me of Kelsey Turan, now K- Kelsey Midget. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, she was... Um, She's short. She's short. She she's is, not. Yeah. She's awesome skier. We've she's skied amazing. With her. She's unbelievable. I, I, she scares me. She crushed I can't us. ski. I can't ski with her. No, no, absolutely not. But uh she was on the ski team and the coach of the ski team or whatever when she was in her twenties, like was in love with her and she was like, I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna date you because 'cause you're <laughs> she and she's very blunt. She's like, You're just a horrible person and I'm not gonna date you. Oh man. yeah. And uh he goes what is the absolute bare minimum of my Catholic faith that I have to do in order for you to date me? And she goes, not want the bare minimum. And oh, I was like, that's a great response, right? Yeah, poor guy. Put a freaking right out of the... But that's gau- good. She took a... Proud gu- of you, Kels. That pistol right out of the gaucho pants and went... Oh. I, uh, so I think that's like the passive thing. It's just like, 
quit. Yeah, quit with the consumer mentality. And if you're not taking responsibility for the church, especially now in scandal, if you don't feel personally responsible for that, you're not in the game. You're you're too passive. You you got it. The church. You're a part of the church. You're responsible for the life of the church and for the sanctification. That doesn't mean just like figure out your opinion about all that stuff and then go no. after somebody. It, means it just means yeah, take responsibility. We're all in it, and we can't leave this up to certain individuals. Right. Right. Exactly. If you're baptized, if you consider yourself a Catholic, if you're a part of the body of Christ, right. Ask God, what's my apostolate? Beautiful. So the laity, if you're a layperson listening to this, which you probably are, you're exercising the apostolate. Um, by activity directed for evangelization, sanctification, and this is the key, by perfecting the temporal order. So it's not just about like going to church and doing churchy stuff at church. It's actually about penetrating the, the world and permeating it with Christian values. And, and with So we really believe that sanctification doesn't just kind of happen in human hearts, but it actually affects and penetrates creation, right? It actually changes things. Like, we walk through these medieval towns, you know, we were just in the south of France, yeah. where Mary, like, the, the legend is Mary Magdalene um, uh, preached the gospel. You, you pray in that cave, there's been people praying there for 1,600 years. It's not just those people are gone. It's actually the cave itself. There's something There's something holy about it. Yeah. We really think that as Catholics. That space has been sanctified, yeah. yeah. So we have a particular job to do. Sanctify at, the temporal order. Right. What is the temporal order? What does that mean? That is a good question. I've never actually seen a good definition for that, but I think that it's... It just means our time and place. Right. Right? It means this isn't... We're, we're not flying off to the heavens. Get lost there. The things of here and now. Yeah. Fashion, right? Yeah. Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. Hobby Lobby, right? Oh, yeah. There's some great examples of people who are doing this. I don't know yeah. who's doing it as cheeseburgers, but Hobby Lobby is pretty awesome. Apps. Apps. Flip flops. Flip. <laughs> the temporal order, dude. Temporal order. Okay. So, yeah, the mission of the church is uh, this penetration and perfection of the temple order with the spirit of the gospel. So the spirit of God desires to be, through the work of Christians, to sanctify the realm. And, and the best I've seen of this is, honestly, is Opus Dei, uh, in terms of uh, expressing this. And if you want to learn more about this, I think Escriva, he, he had his finger on this about 40 years before this was written. Yeah, absolutely. So I would just encourage like uh, reading him. And, and that's uh, particularly for lay people. If you don't right. know the order, I mean, if you don't know about Opus Dei, then go and research it, especially if you're trying to grow as a lay person and in your leadership as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Two last points here, and then I will we'll leave it there because uh, this is a long document. Um, I like that they, the document emphasizes charity, works of charity, because the church ultimately is, is not, uh, it's not some... Um, agglomerate of Christians. It's charity. It's the Holy Spirit. It's mm. the it's the complete. It's the love of God in this perfect form that we participate and that we live in. But the church, in her essence, is charity, mm. the charity of Christ. And um, so, this apostolic work, this activity of the church, then in its essence is charity, and it should be deriv- a derivative of that. And so, there's a special emphasis laid on uh, charity to the poor, works of of. Uh, mm. Corporal works of mercy, of charitable efforts, which is really tricky now because it's not the same as it was 100 years ago because the state has appropriated all the works of charity. And so it's hard to know how do you, what do you do, you know? And, and this yeah. is, that's a whole other conversation that we don't necessarily have. But I do think that 
Katie, one of the reasons I think Katie's uh, boutique, Kate and Grace, is an apostolate and not just a business is because uh, it's directed towards Christian charity. And the way that she desires to imperm- to um, penetrate and perfect the temporal order with Christian values is through the exercise of charity, allowing women who listen to this or wherever who buy to actually give back and to um, help these low-income women yeah. to, to feel more dignified in the clothing yeah. they're wearing. So, Yeah, I think um, the world has, it knows what it wants. You know, all we need is love. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. But it doesn't know how to provide. You know, it kind of knows the potential of human beings, but really, without Christ and without the Holy Spirit in the church, human beings can't actually be as altruistic and philanthropic and loving as we would like to be. Right. I think we have a desire that we can't achieve uh, without God, you know? So this is like an exercise of, uh, exercise of a power that's within you already. It's, it's, in, it's within you from baptism because you have the love of God within you. And it's, it's within you with every reception of the sacraments that you receive. So you are filled with this potential for charity that doesn't exist outside. I, I say that. I sound bigoted. I, like I, I feel kind of nervous saying that. Mm-hmm. Like we're, it's not that we're better than others, but we have a mission. No. And this apostolate, this mission is use your personal genius to spread the love of Christ. And, um, and do it humbly. You know, it's not for your own glory, but it's, it's really out of love for God and just participating in his work. You recognize, I mean, even with Katie, this is the Holy Spirit working through her. Right, you know? right. And her beautiful participation in it. Right. And that's the saintly life. God doing crazy things with human beings and human beings cooperating. And I think that's, that's one of the most important aspects of this whole thing is that your apostolate is going to come from the desires of your heart and from your loves. God's going to sanctify and deepen. He's going to order and perfect your loves. But... Um, you know, one of my greatest joys, uh, apostolate maybe, is the the way that God took my love of the mountains and sanctified it. Yeah. You know, he just said, it's no longer about you anymore, It's but it's going to be at my service. And it became a million times more life-giving and joyful to yeah. to do that. And but I'm not going to make you do something that you absolutely despise. Right. But sometimes we feel like that's what God is going to ask of us. Right. I'm going to take away everything you like, all the pleasure of your life, and then I'm going to make you do something you hate. Yeah. Like be like... I don't know, dress up like shepherds at the Christmas Mass and sing carols. No, just joking. Uh, That's the rap family. I didn't mind it. I Some would hate of us that, did. but uh, your guys are awesome. Um, and that ties in, sorry to cut you off, but to the last one, um, it is distinctively secular, the lay state, uh, which means in the world, um, but the source of every apostolate is prayer. Right, is contemplative prayer. Yeah. And so it's only in the life of prayer. And so, Katie, I love you. you got a great thing going. But if you don't pray, just like everybody in your apostolate, it's going to die. It's going to be about effectiveness, not fruitfulness. It's going to be about your ego and not the kingdom. And that's just the way human yeah. nature works. So we got to keep... Well, and it's no coincidence that she happened upon this idea while she was on pilgrimage. Right. Right? Right. So the idea is, it, this doesn't just say, you know, like, you, I heard this podcast. Now i got to figure out my thing. Right. So I'm going to go down and write in my journal all my talents and stuff. Now, ask God, how can I love in my place? Who do I see that I can love? And uh, what do I know about myself that, um, that I can give 
you know, what's particular to me? What do I love? What do I, what do I like giving to people? Mm-hmm. You know, if I like giving beauty to people, then I start a boutique. There you go. So, Katie, I could never do well that. Well done. I could, never, I, I could never do that because I'm terrible with clothing. And you look, you look, but you look great, gaucho pants with your pistol. Oh, sister told me, bit. shave your face today. Shave your face. That wasn't very nice, sister. So. Uh, All right. So, a final word about Kate and Grace, and then we'll do a quick shout out, and then we'll call it. How does that sound? So, okay. I think we better call it because it's already 40 minutes. Crazy. Time flies. We have one more to record, though, after this, so it's not our. Yeah. So Katie said, um, uh, so she, uh, kateandgrace.com is uh, where you can find more information about this. There's an article in particular. Are there, are there dashes? And, uh, it's I all one know. word. I don't know. Just Google it, I guess. Okay. But there's an article that Catholic Charities recently did on this. Uh, Kate and Grace Boutique gives back to Marisol, M-A-R-I-S-O-L, Marisol Health. This is worth knowing about. Um, pregnant women, uh, low-income families, our friend Sunit Seleski doing great work with them. Currently, work, Katie says she's currently working with Marisol Homes. Um, is this her? I guess it is to buy a new playground for the kids that live there. Donating eight thousand dollars, so that's one of the things she's donating towards. They're building this um, place for single moms. If I buy enough clothes, or yeah. if we get enough, okay. So when you buy, write a little note in the comment line that says, "I heard about you on Catholic stuff. You should know." If Katie, if you get enough of these requests or you get enough money from this, um, please build a <laughs> seesaw. Yes, you have because I love I love seesaw. <laughs> you have to build a seesaw at Schloss Goebbels if you get over. 10. No, no, no. I'm just saying on the playground, <laughs> oh, put okay. in a seesaw for the kids. You, I thought you wanted one. Holy fool, rap. Okay, sorry. Yeah, for the for the kids, of course, not for Father Mike. I might right. use it. I might try it out. The last thing she said is. Um, being a small boutique, I have a limited number of each item, but I, uh, but I turn over the fashion often to stay current. If people follow me on Instagram at Kate and Grace Boutique, I will post new arrivals, try-ons, feature hot items, etc. Check out the website often because the inventory Jankos. is always changing. So you want to get that front tie jumpsuit? You want to get those black bell sleeves for your clerics? You better move on this quick. Jankos. <laughs> My one request from the dudes. <laughs> the dudes want Jankos. All right, buddy. Shout-outs. Shout outs. Well, we had some Australians today. Are Father you going to David shout Cartwright and Father Gregory? Father Gregory. Father Gregory. Yeah. The pastor in Bayside, or he was. Bayside. Go Bayside. I know. It's so <laughs> Did you saved do that by the bell, dude. I know. I don't think I didn't, think that's I funny. didn't bring that up because I didn't think he'd know it. But um, the Australian uh, uh, priests were in town today and we had lunch with them and they are wonderful. Melbourne sounds like a great diocese. Their priests are some of our best friends and at the Casa and have been for a long time. We're big fans Tre- of Father them. Trevor Father Trevor does not listen to our show. He does not, but he... Shame. But Father David, though, and this was awesome, he's, he's a little older than us, and he's been listening since the beginning. Yeah. This and is a true... This is an OG. He said to me, um, after lunch, he said, thank you for doing this. But thank you for doing this for priests. He's like, this actually affects... Because I think a lot of times, as priests, we don't listen to this stuff, you know? It's just like our days are full of kind of Catholic stuff. It's like the yeah. last thing I do is hear a couple of guys who think they know what they're talking about. And I was very moved by how humble he was. He's just like, I've loved this. It's been a great gift to yeah. my priesthood. And so that's something we don't hear every day. And so thank you to those guys. Yeah, uh, praise David, God. Father Gregor. I'm, great I'm to really see happy. You I love priests. Yep. Great to have Hoping you in Rome. to support all of you. Yeah. I have so many shout-outs front and behind, but I'll uh, better just say a few. Do you have any, though, before I do? No, all I can think of is just, like, uh, 
coming back to Rome, coming back to Italy, I've met a lot of new seminarians and priests and stuff, and a lot of them have shown support and love for the podcast, and um, I don't have names. You don't I'm have just, names. I'm just very grateful for um, all the love and, and the support. I mean, we've worked hard, we've sacrificed a little bit for this show, but really just been, it's, it's mostly grace. Yeah. And um, I'm just happy to support those guys and... Um, and do something good for the kingdom. It's like an apostolate, dude. It's like an apostolate, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> well said. I will give so articulate. I will litter the uh, limit this to two shoutouts. Caleb Ring, who works with Brian Mathay, now Esquire. Is that what, is that what you're called after you pass the uh, bar? Esquire. Esquire. I thought you were like a lawyer. Yeah, I thought that's what the lawyers are called. Oh well. So Caleb Ring works with Brian Mathay, and he listens to the podcast. Brian, I don't think does listen. What a We'll leave it at that. Caleb, thanks for listening. And then a shout-out to uh, Abby Nichols and her friends Wiley and Seth who are starting their own podcast. Oh, and then lastly, do you know Father Matt Fish? you know that name? Yeah. Was he he a soccer player? I don't know, but I asked Lebsock. I said Lebsock. No, he's from the East Coast, I think. Okay. I said Lebsock. You know this guy, Matt Fish? He goes, oh, yeah, we used to get some good lifts. And I was like, I realized Lebsock views the world in... It's black and white. It's either... I have lifted with you, or I haven't lifted with you. You know, it's the two. Well, what if you're pathetic when you're lifting with it doesn't him, like matter. myself? He's, it doesn't matter. So I Matt, have been in the gym. So with Father you. Matt Fish has lifted with Lebsack, but her friend Marie, his friend Marie Winterson and Hillary Beal were coming through Rome. We missed them though. No. Uh, and so thanks for reaching out, and uh, we'll hopefully catch you guys next time. So, how does that sound? Hey, right, I love you're, it. You're man. on your phone. Are you looking for anything? Well, I was up? looking for shoutouts, but it, I'll, I'll just tell you this in. Uh, in support of your thesis uh, of your topic I think this is one of the most important things that we have to say that's what I'm talking about I think the lay apostolate is one of the more important things I I would love to see every Catholic feel confident in their own uh, leadership in the church I, I mean the Lord has called us to it and I I I, I know that there's not as much formation uh, offered to lay people as there are for religious and that can be intimidating like I haven't had most you know most Catholics out there haven't had years and years of studies and you know have people like kind of putting you up and on on the pulpit to, to preach and all these things you develop a certain confidence but to see confidence grow in the in the lay uh, um, kind of world and um, kind of I'm thinking of what John Paul said don't be afraid to proclaim Christ you know, do what you can. Make mistakes. Get out there. Try some stuff. You know, absolutely. You know, experiment around until you find this apostle. Now but more pray, than ever. Pray, 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 pray. Ask God. Absolutely. So yeah, and and shout out to those of you who are doing it. There's a lot of people listening who, you know, this was in them and probably started at some point. They didn't even they maybe couldn't wouldn't call it this, but they're they're living it up. So, uh, thanks, Katie. Great topic, and uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah, Mikey, Katie, boy, build we don't that, have to get build uh, that seesaw, girl. We don't have to build that seesaw. We don't have to get uh, sentimental yet, though, because uh, uh, we got one more to come here. So we'll take a little break, and we'll come back at you. This will then be two weeks later. Okay, later, folks. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Arrivederci, Roma. <laughs>